The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot, the United States Heavyweight. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. I don't see any reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but my goodness sakes, you're 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious professionals. Hypnosis. Let's get through. Psychosis. Psychosis. Whatever. Whatever. He's a great wrestler. You know. Hello, and welcome to episode 246 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. Hey. What's up, friend? Oh, nothing much. How are you, friend? I'm good. I'm good. What you been up to? Oh, all sorts of shenanigans. How's the keto going? You still on it? I'm not on keto. Here's what I decided. I would tell the truth about my life. Real people who are on keto, like, they know the macros and they counting shit and all that shit. I ain't doing that shit. I am really just living a low-carb life. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like to call it fake-ass keto because it sounds more fun, though. <laughs> well, as long as you're healthy and the clavicles are still showing, then that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. The clavicles are popping. I'm almost 50 pounds down. I probably would be 50 pounds down, but then I had a couple cookies the other day. You got to have some treats. Listen, it was a ginger molasses cookie. Who was I to say no thank you? I know, right? It was free. I had to have Was it the ones out of the, like, the old-fashioned bag? Uh, No, they were from, it's this place by my job called, like, Captain Cookie and the So-and-So. Okay. And so they, like, make homemade, I guess homemade, whatever, but they're soft cookies and they're big-ass cookies. They're big as shit. So it was like the big, as big as my palm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can't turn that down. No, not at all. It's amazing. All right. Well, once again, I'm always glad that you could join us for another episode here on the WrestleCast. Always happy to be here. And we're joined by a first time guest, hey. Miss Letitia Chanel. How are you? Hey, hey. I'm good. How are y'all doing? We're doing good. Welcome to the WrestleCast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Now, as a first-time guest, we have to get your origin story with professional wrestling. So first off, we have to find out who got you into wrestling. Was it a family member? Did you find it on your own or friends? So we'll start there. Hmm. Yes, it was um, my grandmother. Grandma Dot. Listen. Got me into it. <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt, but Don, have you noticed a good 80% of the people who get people into wrestling has been grandmothers? Mm-hmm. I, that's how I got into it. My grandmama. Really? Yeah, she treated Monday Night Raw like an evening soap opera. Yes. Oh, I love oh, it. Man. I love it. Yeah. Come on, grandmamas. Yes. I mean, something was in the water back then. I don't know what it was, but... <laughs> Um, who were some of your grandma's favorites that you can remember that she liked growing up um grandma was in love with sting i mean just all up and down and through in love with sting um 
that's the only one I can really remember. I think as a family, we really liked um, the Bushwhackers for some reason, like keeping it old school. I don't know. Maybe it's the North Carolina in us, but <laughs> we can relate. <laughs> um, but Sting was definitely the man in our house, for sure. And through your time watching old school, who were some of your favorites that you grew up to like? Um, you know, I, I will say up front, you know, we used to watch Nitro and I want to be a Nitro girl. That was like my goal in life. Absolutely. Um, I don't remember having any particular favorite wrestler when I was really young, but as I got, I guess like in my teen years, like I was totally about kind of like these girl power wrestlers. Like I liked Jacqueline, I liked Lita, I liked Tristratus. So that was kind of like when I really came into it in my own. And those were my absolute favorite. And, you know, we all like Ric Flair. I mean, again, North Carolina stand up. <laughs> right. All about it. Um, but yeah, I would say I was into the girl power in my heyday when I was younger. And who are your favorites today? Your uh, current wrestlers, who are your favorites? Hmm. You know, I'm an, I'm an Uso fan. I am. I, I do like the Uso. They're kind of my favorite right now. Um, I like, I like Naomi. I wish they'd do more with her. But she's just so strong, and I just want more for her. I really like her a lot. Um, I used to be a big fan of Dolph Ziggler. Don't judge me. But, yes, I was a fan of Dolph Ziggler. Um, anyone else on the roster? I like to look at Roman Reigns. I don't want to watch him wrestle, but I like to look at him. Does that count? It's whatever you like. If you like it, <laughs> I love it. Um. Yeah, that's probably my, and I like Nia Jax. I like what she stands for. Um, I like her confidence. I really like her a lot. Right. So probably my favorite ones right now. Yeah. All right. Now let the people know about where they can find you and some of the things that you're into out here oh. in social media land and so forth and so forth. Yeah. Um, well, I am all up and through social media at Latissa Chanel. Um, I'm also a a dancer and a dance teacher so you'll see me doing all kinds of silly shit that involves dancing and wrestling and and just being a petty mess most of the time online um and i also um once in a while do a um little casual podcast with my friend and we call it Raz and nuggets and so that you can find on spotify as well and again that's just us talking random shit about all the fun things going on all right, so give her a follow on all the platforms and let her know that you heard her here on the yes. WrestleCast. So we're going to get into mm-hmm. it. We have Extreme Rules this past Sunday, and all the votes have been tallied, and Miss Didi <laughs> Jonay celebrate yes. her. She yes. was of this week's or last week's Who You Got, so she got the most right. Congrats yes, to her. I did. Yes, I did. Congratulations. Well, thank you. In the interest of being, you know, the the calculator of said results, I will mention uh, that there was actually a tie. Um, Magnum Prime got the same amount correct as I did. However, he's not here, and you mm-hmm. have to be present to win. This is like a raffle. You, know? <laughs> you can't win if you're not there, so I win. 
Yay. That's absolutely fair. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as they are want to do, because Vince McMahon is always up to, sh- to some shenanigans, they add a match that we did not have on our <laughs> Who You Got slate to start off the pre-show. As Finn Balor defended his WWE Intercontinental Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Nakamura sets up for the Kintasha. Finn Balor cuts him off with a running double stomp. We get the John Woo drop kick from Finn, but the top rope double stop misses. The Kinshasa connects to the back of the head, and then uh, uh, Shinsuke hits a second Kinshasa, and he pins Finn Balor to become the new Intercontinental Champion. Hey. Now, Miss <laughs> Didi Jonay, yes. Shinsuke is your fave. Yes, he is. He hasn't really wrestled oh. in like four months. Yeah, it's been a while, but that's okay. And the one time he really gets a match of any significance, he wins the the IC title and they put it (laughs) on the pre-show. They're disrespectful. And I... Because what is your motto? Say no to pre-shows. Right. Hashtag. But I decided (laughs) that I was not going to support such poor choices and I knew he was going to be on the pre-show. Um... I don't remember her name offhand, but my New York babe, my New Jersey babe said, it's going to be on the pre-show. And I said, that's disrespectful. So I'm not watching because you need to know that that's not okay. Because what you're going to do is you're going to be like, oh, it's not going to be on the pre-show. That'll make people watch. It's Finn Balor on the pre-show. That'll get, no, no, I'm not watching your little bitch ass pre-show. I have to find out what happened from the internet. Yeah, you would have been mad because they had Sam Roberts up there anyway. Oh, that's fine. I don't like looking at him anyhow. I know. Uh. Here's the thing. I don't know if you all know that, but you can't be on TV as a woman and be ugly. That doesn't seem to be an issue with men. And I don't... don't, It's not fair. You know? And I'm not trying to say that I want ugly women on TV. I'm saying I don't want to look at Sam Roberts. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. I'd like to say that speaking of women looking pretty on TV, mm. uh, it was Dasha's birthday, and yeah, she was doing it. Because mm. of course she was, because you know women don't have options. <laughs> I, I, I can't go on TV looking like you're right. Like I'm just supposed to have my little perm ride, just barely fresh out, hair barely plugged. You can see my scalp through it. Looking like I'm not familiar with a dentist or, you know, a tailor or, you know, a makeup artist. But but I'm on TV on the pre-show. Yeah, right. Never would happen. (laughs) Ridiculous. He's ugly. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm still bitter about what he said about Binky. I'm not over it. I don't like him. I want him off my TV screen. I'd love for one day for them to do something where she comes on the set and snatches his ass up. I would live. <laughs> I would live. I just want her. I want her to like Sparta kick him off the stage. That would be so great for me. <laughs> Can't think of anything better. Truly. <laughs> just like you know, she got them strong legs. Just keep it straight out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then her husband could hype the shit up. Like, damn! Yeah. 
Cruiserweight Championship match on the pre-show. Drew Gulak defending his title against Tony Nese. They work into counters. Gulak follows with the powerbomb for a two count. The Argentine cutter by Drew Gulak connects and he covers and he gets the win to retain his Cruiserweight Championship. This was a good match. It's in front of his home crowd. So Drew Gulak won in his hometown. Refreshing. They didn't pull a Sasha and take the title off of him in his first defense in front of his his own peoples. Main show time. We get right to it as Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre take on The Undertaker and Roman Reigns. Now, everybody in the hashtag extreme cast had a whole bunch of jokes about why The Undertaker was starting <laughs> off the night. Yes, because he had to be home in the bed by nine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is a no. It was so early. Yeah, it was early. It's a no hose bar match, but he's like Brock. You know what I'm saying? Brock, when he knows that he's got a match, he'd be like, man, let me get my shit over and done with. And by the time this shit is wrapped up, I'm back on my couch. That is true. No hose bar match. Elias and Drew, because Elias comes down to the ringside because it's a no hose bar match. They lay Undertaker on the announce table as Shane follows with the top rope elbow drop through the table onto the Undertaker. They roll Taker into the ring. They set him up for the coast to coast. Uh, Shane hits the coast to coast. Reigns gets back in. He takes out Elias, but Drew cuts off Roman. Taker sits up and then he chokeslams Shane and Elias. Drew looks like he's about to take out the Undertaker with the Claymore, but he gets speared by Roman. And the Undertaker tombstone Shane and Undertaker and Roman Reigns, they get the win. Now, Miss Didi Shonane, how do you feel about the Undertaker and Roman Reigns as a tag team now that the match has played out? And the Undertaker didn't look too bad this time. Uh, he's 80, and I don't want to watch him in the ring. Because you know how like, you hear, like, oh, he was 75, and he took a bump, and then he had a heart attack, and then he died. That's going to be the Undertaker. Because they keep playing a little ball-headed games with him. Because if you don't remember, he like retired like four years ago. But they keep yes, like, he did. Oh, like, oh, you know, he got a new hip now. Oh, you know, now he started like eating greens and shit. So he's it's okay. It's not okay. <laughs> he's doing DDT yoga. <laughs> yeah, he's doing yoga. Got a new lease on life. Like, man, no, just retire. Oh my god. But I will say, if if he's gonna do it, a tag match was the smartest way to do it. Yes. I definitely agree. I definitely yeah. agree. He does not need to be carrying a whole match, like a singles no, match all. by himself anymore. Not at all. Not at all. And the sit up the sit up will always be great because everybody's like, yes. Oh, yes. You just come on, core strength. What? You know? So yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Undertaker is like the slow promo, <laughs> the entrance. Well the, mm-hmm. the, the music, the entrance. Mm-hmm. The walk on the top rope. Do the sit up and a tombstone. If he gets those six things in, uh, there's it's nothing. The right yeah, there's nothing more you can mm-hmm. ask from the man. You know? Well, the thing of it is, is I asked for them. To, I asked for there not to be a match. So we're just <laughs> we're passing each other like two chips in the night. Like it's great, 
you did great with what he did, but I didn't want him there. It's just like, you know, <sighs> but you know, I've, I've established that I am not the majority of the, of the universe. And we are not of one accord. We like to see. Now, mind you, I love to hear the music, but I don't need to see him. They can just hit the gong like every other month. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> oh, just for no reason. Just yeah, gong and like, blackout. Gong blackout. I'd be like, what the fuck? And then the lights come back on. Like, oh, what happened? <laughs> oh. Like, like a glitch in the system, like on the Matrix and shit. Yeah. Like, never forget. <laughs> any moment. But not this moment. Miss <laughs> Letitia, are you a big fan of Drew McIntyre? Do you like what he's doing or what they're doing with him? You know, I I remember like when Drew first came out before that whole three man band nonsense, and I remember being like, you know, this is a, a large guy with long hair. They're going to do great things with him because that's the mo of WWE. Um, but I do feel like he could, he could be doing more. Like he could be winning more. I don't know what they're trying to do with him. I just, I don't know. Like I almost feel like him having the storyline with Shane is actually holding him back. And I don't know if it's going to help him get over more in the long run. I just want to see more from him. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel like he could be a good contender like, he lost at WrestleMania, right? Didn't he lose at WrestleMania? Yep, he lost to Roman. Right, and so I feel like he's been kind of taking L's ever since then. And it's been a while. So, like, they need to give him some wins and do something with him or just let him go back to being a mid-card or whatever. I don't know. Something needs to happen there. The Revival. They faced the Usos for the Raw Tag Team Championships. It breaks down as a brawl. Super kicks by the Usos follow, and Dawson trips up one of the Usos, and the Shatter Machine by the Revival gets the win as the champs retain. I know this wasn't very popular with the two ladies on the podcast, as they are both members of the Samoa Coalition. <laughs> but I, yeah, no, I was not a fan of that, but you know. Not at all. Mm, whatever. I didn't like it. The revival, doing the revival things, top guy things. I was a fan. You know, sometimes I, I, I wonder about the choices you make. <laughs> oh. It's, it's, it's strictly based on in-ring. It, it has nothing to do with the culture. If it was just strictly on the culture, yeah, Usos all day. But I, I just love the revival. I pick them oh. more times than most. I, they're kind of like my Alexa Bliss of the tag team divisions. They're my just mm. default. Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard that judgment in that. Yes, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not. That, I'm, oh, I'm no, new to this. No, I'm no. sorry. No, no, no. That's what we like. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm trying to be nice on my first day. <laughs> Girl, why? Don't. I'm sorry, And what most people would consider the match of the night, Aleister Black took on Cesaro. Mm. Aleister Black applies a knee bar and Cesaro fights for the ropes and then transitions into the sharpshooter. Cesaro transitions the sharpshooter into the crossface, but Aleister Black attacks his knee and he escapes. 
Black hits a knee strike, and both men are down. They trade strikes. Black follows with uppercuts, and Cesaro fires back and teaches the Gotch neutralizer. But Alistair Black attacks the knee again, and he hits the Black Mass for the win. This was his shit. <laughs> it was a great. I like that match. It was a good match. Yeah, just like I thought it would be if they got time. They got like 10 minutes, and they did it. They went straight for it. No messing around. Alistair Black could be the champion if they keep him out of that damn closet. <laughs> the closet does nothing for him. But everything else, yeah, that's the champion right there, man. That entrance. Yeah, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I like him a lot. I um I did not know him much pre um getting called up to Raw. Like I, I knew of him, but I had never really seen a match. And I've always been impressed with him since I've seen him. Um and seeing him with Cesaro, like they were a good like agile to agile, like strength to strength. They were a good matchup. I liked it a lot. Definitely good chemistry. Looking forward to mm-hmm. uh what Aleister Black's gonna have. Uh, in the future R-Truth he's looking for Hornswoggle and his 24-7 championship (laughs) Alexa Bliss gives Nikki a t-shirt as the Street Profits make a random appearance they want to know where Bliss's after party is going to be and then they laugh at the notion of co-champions for Nikki and Alexa Um, my man Andre Dawkins I mean I don't know why I want to call him Andre Dawkins my man Angelo Dawkins, he be having them bedroom eyes for Nikki Cross. Oh, she's married. <laughs> <laughs> you can still Ew. look. I mean, ew, just an eyeball. Just look across. No, okay, no. <laughs> now it's time for our SmackDown Women's Championship handicap match. As Bailey defended the title against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Nikki hits the Tornado DDT and covers 4 2 count. Bliss tags in and heads up top, and a twisted Bliss eats knees. Nikki flies into a knee strike. Bailey heads up top and hits the elbow drop, and Bailey retains the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yes, she does. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> um, I was waiting for the shenanigans in this match. Like I was just waiting for like Alexa to do something shysty. Um, I didn't want Alexa to win, but I also didn't want Bailey to win. I just don't like her. I don't know uh-huh. what it is about Bailey. I don't know what it is. I do not like her. Is he too? Too? Cute? I think it's too happy. I think it's too happy, too much happiness for me. I tend to root for the villain. (laughs) So whenever like, (laughs) so when she comes out and she's just so happy and the, you know, when the little dancing men are there and she's just all excited, I'm just like, oh God, like I just, not for me. She's a wonderful wrestler. I just (laughs) want to throw a puppy when I see her come out on the stage. So... I was hoping there'd be some way that like Nikki Cross would win and like be the only champion and not a co-champion, but you know, you can only wish for so much. They didn't. They, nobody listened to our podcast in time. I released it a little later than I normally do, 
So they, mm. they didn't get a chance to listen to my idea, but yeah, I proposed something like that in the show. Mm. Bruns, you write a letter. Yeah. <laughs> Dee Dee's fave, Braun mm-hmm. Strowman. Yeah, yeah. Faced off against Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Last man standing match. Lashley fights back, and Braun power slams him off the bleachers to their death as they both disappear. The ref begins his count. And Braun does the Kool-Aid man run through the wall. And Braun Strowman wins. <laughs> For a man who almost got electrocuted like 10 <laughs> days ago. Neil's foreign, you know, heals everything. <laughs> uh I don't know why Bobby Lashley. I mean, I know why Bobby Lashley came back to WWE because they pay you a lot. Mm-hmm. And he actually did have a good thing going, but unfortunately, him and Leo Rush couldn't get along enough to where it could like elevate him to be a main event player. But man, he ain't got nothing going on. And the no. whole thing is Bobby Lashley versus Brock. It's right there. Why can't they? put that match into the mix. Because there's nobody to talk for him. Yeah. Yes. It's not fair if you're going to give Brock Paul Heyman and you're going to give Bobby nobody. That's not nice. That's racism. So they can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley, they got to make up, man. They got to figure it out. Why not just let me be on this podcast saying any other thing? I enjoy it. It's great. <laughs> it's called entertainment. That's why you're on here saying any old thing. <laughs> Rowan and Daniel Bryan, they defended their tag team championships against Big E and Xavier Woods and Heavy Machinery in a triple threat match. Daniel Bryan hits the flying headbutt and a label lock. Big E fights, but Bryan ties up the other arm and he adds in a leg Zack Sabre Jr. style until Big E finally escapes. Daniel Bryan follows with kicks, but Big E takes them. He fires up and he Bryan slaps him. So Big E is pissed and he kills Daniel Bryan with the lariat. The straps are down. He catches Daniel Bryan's backflip attempt. And that's when Xavier Woods comes off with the midnight hour and the new day are your new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. W W E <laughs> Tag Team Champions. Okay, very interesting fact. Mm-hmm. Kofi and mm-hmm. now and now uh, Big E and Xavier Woods, all three got their titles by beating Daniel Bryan. Wow. Oh, I didn't think about that. He's down for the round. Okay. He's down for the <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. He's All ally. right. I like it. I like it. Paul Heyman. Actually, I actually oh, forgot yeah. he had that belt, to be honest. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot all about that tag team until the match started. So, yay. Paul Heyman, he interrupts a New Day celebration and introduces himself to the live crowd. He says that he is Philly. He is the concept of extreme 
and he won't leave until he's part of history. He says tonight, Brock Lesnar will cash in his Money in the Bank contract, but also says you have to question if he's just fucking with us. Hmm. AJ Styles versus Ricochet, United States Championship match. Ricochet lands a shooting star press and covers for two, but Styles' legs was under the ropes. Ricochet goes back up top and he leaps down and he takes out Anderson and then he heads back up top and Gallows crotches him as Anderson distracts the ref. AJ Styles grabs Ricochet and he hits a reverse Avalanche Styles clash off the ropes and AJ Styles is your new United States champion. Boo, you whore. Mm. <laughs> Somebody called Terrible. him Trailer, trailer Park Cena, and I was like, ooh, the accuracy. That is amazing. <laughs> it's so correct. Like, my God. Wow. I want to start using that. <laughs> this wow. was a good match. Unfortunately, I thought that it would be a better story if Ricochet won this match. But yeah. yeah. Oh well. We'll see how they play it going forward. Uh with Ricochet hopefully getting a rematch at SummerSlam or what type of stipulation match they get. And another match that they just added on without us knowing until the last minute. Kevin Owens faced off <laughs> against Dolph Ziggler. The bell rings, Kevin Owens hits a stunner, and he wins. After the match, Kevin Owens gets on the mic. He runs down Shane, tells him to kiss his ass, and he can go to hell. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Stone Cold Kevin Owens strikes again. <laughs> WWE Championship title match time as Kofi Kingston defends against Samoa Joe. Joe gets Kofi into the STF, and Kofi makes the ropes. Kofi then hits the SOS for a two count. Kofi looks for the trouble in paradise, but Joe gets the cocaine clutch. Then he hits him with the Uranagi and the Centon for a two count. Joe looks for the cocaine clutch again, but he lays in jabs instead. Then out of nowhere, Kofi hits the trouble in paradise, and Kofi Kingston retains the WWE Championship. Now, I don't know if y'all were like me, but when he got the three count, my first inclination was get the hell out of the ring. Don't be in there celebrating <laughs> and let someone go get up, choke you out, and then here come Brock. Go get out of right. the ring. Celebrate in the back. You're going to stand out no, there. I... <laughs> Same thought into the crowd and get yoked up and then you're going to make everybody pissed off tonight. Because mm, that's one thing we did not need. Heck no. Could have been a heck of a story though. I'll actually talk about that in a second. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins versus Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin. Now this is about to be a mouthful. This is a WWE Universal and Raw Women's Championship Winners Take All Extreme Rules match. Corbin hits the end of days on Becky Lynch. Rollins gets pissed and beats on Corbin with the kendo stick and chair shots. We get a blackout. And that's when Lacey Evans says, I'm done. We get another blackout. And we get a third blackout. 
and Seth Rollins pins Baron Corbin. So Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, they retain their titles. They win the match. And then that's when the Beast, Brock Lesnar, arrives. He takes Seth Rollins to Suplex City. Brock then tells Paul, hand in the briefcase. Paul hands in the briefcase. He uh, hits an F5. And we have a new WWE Universal Champion in 13 seconds. And he is the Beast, Brock Lesnar. Um, I think I can speak for everybody here. At least it wasn't Kofi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. right. I agree. Whew. Now, that would have been a hell of a story, right? Like, let's say it, it was Kofi, and then we'd be mad for like this whole month, but he gets a rematch, and then he end up beating Brock to get the title back. Oh, man. Now, he would be like the greatest WWE champion in the history of champions. He was have the solidified championship yeah. run that he's like looking forward to. He says in his promos that would put him there, but they listen to me and they're going to do what mm. I wanted them to do. So this is going to work out either way, though. <laughs> but we'll get to that in SmackDown. So, Miss Didi Jonet, how'd you feel about the Extreme Rules pay per view? Did you enjoy it? Was it thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? Did I enjoy it? I no. I don't enjoy much nowadays. So. Sobriety sucks. No. Um, <laughs> no, I was sad because it ended with Brock Lesnar and I hate him. But other than that, I, I greatly enjoyed um, uh, Kofi's people keep winning the title back. That was amazing. So, yeah, I give it like a six out of ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Miss Letitia Chanel, your thoughts on Extreme Rules? Um, you know, I thought it was a solid show. Um, there were some um, surprising, interesting moments, like when Becky Lynch took that, you know, hit from Baron Corbin. I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, so there were some moments I really enjoyed, and you know, I didn't feel like it was lagging the entire show. So I'll bump it up to like a seven. I'll bump it up to a seven. Okay, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll be right in the middle. Six point five is where I was at. I thought that the crowd, the crowd kind of killed it in some instances because it seemed like they were only there for like the legends or the violence, but they were totally on their hands during the Ricochet and AJ Styles match. And that was a damn good match. So I think the crowd kind of brought some spots down, but I thought all in all, it was a pretty good show. The WrestleCast is being brought to you by the CSPN. You can find the CSPN on the web at CSPN.us. You can also subscribe to the WrestleCast through iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and YouTube. So now it's time for Monday Night Raw. Brock and Paul Heyman, they start the show. Paul Heyman looks about Brock's win and gives us a big I told you show. He does the... uh, Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair and Bobby Heenan after Ric Flair won the Royal Rumble to win the WWE Championship. He's like, we're not the type of guys that say we told you so, but we told you so. He told us last week, he told us last night and broadcast and won the title. He told everyone in WWE that Rollins wouldn't be defending at SummerSlam, but no one listened. He has all of the joke around here and he's determined to see who will face Brock. 
because Brock isn't easy to negotiate with and fights who he wants to fight. And tonight, there's going to be an all-star battle royal to see who gets conquered by Brock at SummerSlam. The competitors are Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Cesaro, Big E, Roman Reigns, Lashley, Sami Zayn, and Seth Rollins. Heyman then mocks Rollins for losing last night and says you risk your manhood when you face Brock. If anyone has the chance to face Brock, you'll lose everything because in this universe, you're all Brock's bitches. He called Seth Rollins a gelding. Because, you know, Seth Rollins claims that he's the workhorse of the WWE. Oh, that's like a, <laughs> like a deep insult. Yeah. Right. Yeah. First match, Ricochet and the Usos versus Robert Roode and the Revival. Damn, they got Bobby Roode off the side of a milk carton. It's a two out of three calls match. Jay hits a super kick, Ricochet hits a code breaker, and he pins Dawson to win the first fall in like 30 seconds. Second fall starts. Jimmy tags in and runs wild. The Samoan drop follows. We get a blind tag by the Revival, and Dawson hits the flapjack for the pin. So Bobby Roode and the Revival win the second fall. Ricochet and Bobby Roode tag in. Ricochet runs wild. He takes out Dawson, and Jay follows with the tope. Ricochet then cradles Bobby Roode. He hits the recoil, and he follows that up with the 630, and they get the win. So Ricochet and the Usos are victorious. Remember when Bobby Roode was like the hottest thing in all of wrestling two years ago? He had the best entrance. He was actually putting on some pretty good matches in NXT. And it was like, man, he needs to come up on the main roster. He's going to kill it. And then they made him a good guy. And it's been downhill ever since. (laughs) The glorious don't even pop like it used to. No. It's just a shame. Just a shame. The club arrives. Ricochet and the Usos, they run wild. They clear the ring, but AJ Styles and the Good Brothers, they isolate Ricochet and they hit the magic killer and leave him land. Ricochet got to get him some friends. (laughs) I mean, his man Aleister Black left him. The Usos, they couldn't help him here. They didn't do much to help him here. They gotta, gotta, they gotta recruit some people. The Viking Raiders, they faced Jimmy and Johnny Boots and Tights. The Viking Raiders won with Thor's Hammer. We get highlights of the Extreme Rules match between the Taker, Undertaker, and the Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon. Early in the day, various stars made fun of Drew McIntyre. Drew is upset with Cedric for last week. Drew said he will dismember and humble Cedric tonight, and Cedric says the joke will be on Drew. So we get the match. Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander. I almost called him Cedric the Entertainer. The back by Cedric is cut off. Drew follows with strikes. Cedric Alexander counters the inverted Alabama slam into a cradle, and Cedric Alexander gets the win. Now, what was so hard about doing that last week? When he was in the mask and all that shit. It's like, I don't know. It's like you make Drew McIntyre look foolish losing to a cruiserweight when last week Shane McMahon could have lost to the cruiserweight that nobody knew was a cruiserweight and you would have accomplished probably more than you did by having him beat Drew McIntyre. 
but oh well. Finn Balor comments on losing the Intercontinental title last night, and tonight he will go through Samoa Joe to get the title back. Joe disputes this plan and says he will hand Balor another loss. Roman Reigns says that this is his week from winning the ESPY to the premiere of Hobbs and Shaw, so it's only right that he caps it off by winning the Battle Royal tonight. Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe. They lock up, they're working to the ropes, and Joe grounds the action. Finn Balor battles back, he grounds things, Joe then cradles him for the win. Joe then beats up Finn post-match, but Finn fights back and hits a John Woo dropkick and the top rope double stomp. That's when the lights go out. And when they come back on, Bray Wyatt as the Fiend has Finn Balor in the middle of the ring set up and he lays him out with the sister Abigail. Mm. So, uh, uh, uh. How did the visual of the Bray Wyatt in this mask strike y'all? Um, cold fear all the way down. <laughs> not a fan of the mask, which means it's probably doing great. I was not a fan. Woo, it's terrifying. Miss Didi Jenny. Mm-hmm. Same thoughts, terrifying. Do you like it? Is it oh, the devil much? mask? Yeah. No, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's extra creepy seeing it outside like it of in, the Firefly Funhouse, ain't it? I didn't like it in pictures. Yeah. I didn't like it in, in the crayon sketch. I didn't like it when they showed the preview on the Twitters. I don't like it in motion. I'm terrified. And yeah. I watch scary movies, but bitch, you got me fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Finn Balor is about to take a couple of months off uh, after SummerSlam. How you know? Oh, because he reported it. Um, oh. He's he, you know, he's just gonna take some. What kind of cafe life is that? He's got to get. He's just getting some uh, <laughs> some much needed time off. I think you know he's been nicked up, injured, and stuff. So he's just trying to get his. Oh, he's trying to go on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to <laughs> rejuvenate it for the home stretch of uh, you know, um, Survivor Series. Then Royal Rumble mm. and WrestleMania. He's getting ready for those six months. I mean, sure. So what should happen is Oh comes first. Whatever. What should happen is Finn Balor should get just wrecked by this fiend dude. And then when he comes back, he comes back as the demon. And so we get the fiend versus the demon. Right, right. I'm ready for whatever demon versus demon comes out of this. I that's in game. Has to be in game. Yeah. Mm. But all you fan ballot fans, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah, because wouldn't you have to protect the fiend? And then wouldn't that mean the demon loses? And who wants to see the demon lose? Because why would a demon lose? Exactly. I don't like the internal logic of it, man. Yeah, it'll (laughs) it'll be one of those things where it'll be great to book it as the match, but it'll be hard to book it as who wins, who loses, and how. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless there's a whole other animal. Ooh, like what about if Raven finally came back? What about me? <laughs> now this would this would be the time. This would be the time where they find out something to do with Luke Harper, and then he come in there. Yeah, and that'd be nice. Both of them. Uh, yeah. Probably not nice. gonna not gonna happen though. Too logical. Yeah. 
Drake Maverick and his wife, they check into a hotel registering under Mr. and Mrs. 24 7 Champion. What's she do on her day job? Why should she be wearing sneakers during the day? She's a wrestler. She ain't no goddamn wrestler. <laughs> she's the wife of a wrestler. No, she's a, she, was in, she was on the evolution. She's a wrestler. Oh, really? Yeah. What they gotta do with her wearing sequins during the day? I, well, now nah, I don't have any. I don't know what that has to do with her um, fashion sense, but I just I just told you what her occupation was. Okay, I believe you. So every time I see her, she's not dressed for the time of day that they're trying to make it seem like it is, and it's like, why are you wearing multicolored green and blue sequins to check into a hotel? Where were you? Like, where did you come from? What were y'all doing before this? Was y'all at the club? Like, were you? It like, might have been. City? Like, what were you doing? Or like, did you just come from like your house and it's like a staycation? Like, what were you doing? Like, I want the story. <laughs> I get caught up in the minutia. I'm sorry, I'm a Virgo. Like, it just. <laughs> Why are you wearing green sequins, Boo Boo? Like, what you doing? Artruce, he's lurking in the background with the ref. And ask if Hornswoggle is registered at the hotel. That's inspired. I love that. Truth brought. He bribes the hotel clerk with a dollar as the street profits are in the back watching on. So what's so funny is he's like, How are you gonna pay for this? Drake Maverick's like, I'll pay for this in cash. And so he whips out about like four hundred dollars and then he pays for it, and then he gives the dude like two hundred dollars just for himself. So then they show R Truth come creeping up. Archie's is like, what's this behind your ear? And it's a damn dollar. <laughs> okay, now listen. Without telling all my business, they it maybe it was supposed to be like it's a baller moment. I'm gonna pay for my hotel room with cash, right? Right. All I all I was thinking in my head is when you check into a hotel. You have to reserve it <laughs> with your credit card, right? <laughs> and so that means that they run your credit card for the amount of the room. And it's like, in my head, I thought, you know, his shit ain't level. Like, he knows he's like, <laughs> his limit or it's a debit card and he ain't got money. Like, that's what that is. And he's like, oh, I pay cash because he knew he had the cash on hand. Don't ask me how I know. But that's <laughs> what I immediately thought of. <laughs> So, like, that whole scene started real different for me. (laughs) You're applying too much logic to TV. I'm sorry. Just a bit. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was just like, I know it sounds like balling. I got cash. But I was just like, your shit gonna bounce. Like, I I don't know why. I'm sorry. So the street. Oh, go ahead, Didi. No, it doesn't matter. I need to get. (laughs) So the street prophets, they're making fun of Drake Maverick for not consummating his marriage yet. They then hype the women's number one contenders match and the number one contenders battle royal. Angelo Dawkins says he wants Big E to win, while Montez Ford picks Seth Rollins. Um, your thoughts, Miss Letitia, on the street prophets? I know you haven't seen them. Maybe not seen them wrestle before, but how you feeling about their energy? <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say, so when they, um, I forget what night they they got called up and they debuted. I thought it was Ti <laughs> making fun. <laughs> I, 
I thought the one guy was T.I. I had to like zoom in on the picture on Instagram. I was like, that can't be T.I. Okay, good. And I realized I was the one in the wrong. Um, <laughs> but from what I'm seeing with the backstage uh, promos, I'm liking their energy. I'm liking their style. I'm liking, I'm liking all of that. Now, I haven't seen them in the ring. But I'm liking the energy that they're bringing backstage. I'm liking it a lot. Big fan. All right. Maria meets with Mike and calls him a loser and says she's taking his match. Mike then says, no, he's got it. So Zack Ryder versus Mike Kanellis. Uh, we're in Long Island, by the way, for Monday Night Raw. So that's the reason why we have this Zack Ryder. I was side. about to ask uh, why. <laughs> uh, we get a Rough Rider by Zack uh, Ryder and then the pin. Maria completely buries Mike Kanellis post-match. This is uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Now, Miss E. Jeanette, as a, as a uh, soap opera lover, yeah. How does this rank as a story with the did you get me pregnant? Are you man enough to get me pregnant? But you keep losing and you're not defending my honor and you're supposed to be my baby daddy twice. Oh, who's the father of the baby? And I don't know if you'll make, be a good father to the baby is one of the cornerstones of soap operas. Mm-hmm. Yes. You are not a soap opera if you do not have a who is the father of the baby storyline going at mm-hmm. any given moment. Like I don't, you know, the 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 golden age of soap operas is dead and gone. But there's still a good four or five on TV, which means there should be a who's the father of the baby on at least three of them. In fact, I know yes. for a fact there's one in General Hospital because I don't, and I don't even know who the hell the guy is. But they were like, he is the father of the baby, so he's going to try to take custody. And they're like, no, he's a murderer. They're never going to give him custody. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like what? Are, what are we talking? Is this, is, this story, is this story stronger than the Kurt Angle, I Have a Secret? First of all, I need young Jason to come back so he can defend his daddy's honor. Mm. Just in general. He was actually I mean, starting to look like Kurt Angle. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little eerie. It was beginning to be like, is this a storyline or is this your way of telling your business without anybody understanding that you just told your whole right. business? Like, oh my God. So that jawline, that jawline was not lying. Like, and it's like, <laughs> and y'all are two totally different colors, but you have the same face. So like, let's talk about it. Right. Is that your, is that your baby? Or, you know, you just spend a lot, you know, you start spending time with people. You start looking like them. So y'all just traveling together? Or is that your son? Not to mention that they was like, Jason Jordan was like with Kurt Angle's real family and pictures and shit. Listen, Linda. (laughs) You know, you see that shit on daytime all the time. Oh, yeah, we're family friends. Yeah, y'all had a night of swinging and you had an oops baby. And you just ain't trying to upset the apple cart. You know that's your son. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> the club they wrestled the lucha house party big loot gallows tags in the big Buddha doom connects style gets the calf crusher Kalisto taps and the club gets the win Seth he's all sad panda over losing the universal title he said he still hates Brock he puts over Becky's toughness and says Corbin found out what happens when you get in his way he says he will fight anyone and beat anyone to get back to Brock and to reclaim his championship. Now in a spot that these women definitely did not need to be in for this long. Naomi versus Carmella versus Natalia versus Alexa Bliss for the number one contenders spot in the elimination match. 
This match went 25 minutes. Carmella hits the head scissors. The Bronco Buster follows a super kick on Naomi and one for Natalia as Bliss cradles and then eliminates Carmella. Naomi trips up Alexa Bliss. She kicks Natalia, but Natalia cradles Naomi for the pin and Naomi is eliminated. Mm. Natalia accidentally takes out Nikki and then Alexa Bliss gets uh, into the sharpshooter. She taps and Natalia gets the win, and she is the new number one contender for Becky Lynch's championship. So, the crowd totally shit on this match. They did. They started doing the CM Punk. They started chanting, this is awful. Uh, It was just too long. Alexa Bliss, you can tell that she's still worried about getting injured because a lot of her stuff wasn't looking really good in there. Uh, I, they could have had like two matches, two separate one-on-one matches, and then been like, next week we'll have uh, one match for the uh, right to face Becky Lynch, and it would have been a lot better than having this one mm-hmm. long, drawn-out match. That the crowd, yeah. I mean, it's great they got 25 minutes because, you know, four years ago, you know, that would have been a month worth of women's matches, 25 minutes. But, you know, you still got to do something good. And this wasn't good. Yeah. Becky was at ringside. So now we have a Natty and Becky promo. Uh, Becky says she likes her, but they won't be friends when they face off. And that Natalia better step her game up. Natalia really needs her. And she does better in war than in love. Natty says that she must not be a very good lover. Natty says that she'll rip her hair out and pull the horseshoe out of her ass. <laughs> I know the one person I thought about when this match was over was what sleep though, Miss B, because she's always hmm. been talking about how Natalia needs a shot. Natalia is the best. She never gets a chance to be in the title mix, even though, you know, she trains most of the girls and most of the girls look up to her. So Mm -hmm. it's it's awesome that she's going to get a big stage in Toronto to go for. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. For the women's Mm -hmm. championship. Yes. Randy Orton cuts a promo on the Battle Royal and he says he has unfinished business with Brock. It's time for Miz TV. Dolph Ziggler is the guest. He says Miz will do his best to make people care about him. Ziggler says that he has problems and asks about the rumors about the Miz. He mocks the Miz for being a company yes man. Ziggler says he's not jealous, but says Miz is just happy to be here and not about proving people wrong. He mocks the Miz for not being on last night's pay-per-view. So Miz mocks him for losing to Owens in 13 seconds. Ziggler says Miz is a walking gimmick now. Ziggler says Miz is everything he hated and everything wrong with the business. He mocks Maurice in the Miz attacks and Ziggler runs to the outside. Drake Maverick is about to consummate his marriage and he prepares the bed for action. After the commercial break, Drake strips down to just his championship when the room service comes up. But it's the ref. Truth appears. He sneaks out from underneath the room service cart. He tries to roll up Drake Maverick. He kicks out. Then he does a flying cross body to Drake Maverick onto the bed. (laughs) 
pins him, wins the title back. Jake chases after him naked as his wife screams in the bedroom. <laughs> and then on Twitter, they did a follow-up video of Drake Maverick just in his underwear with those R-Truth posters just putting the uh, flyers on people's cars at like the hotel. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit I cackled uh, after R-Truth got the pin. I cackled. I thought it was a pretty funny spot. Yeah, to see somebody do a crossbody to somebody <laughs> not in a wrestling ring, it was totally right. hilarious. Yes. Main event time, the superstar all-star battle royal. Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Cesaro, Big E, Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn, and Seth Rollins. So Seth, Cesaro attacks Big E, but Lashley eliminates Cesaro. Braun Strowman eliminates Lashley. <laughs> Sammy tosses Big E over the top to a big old chorus of boos. Uh, Sammy gets hit with the 619, and then Sammy gets tossed. Baron Corbin tosses out Rey Mysterio. Seth Rollins tosses out Baron Corbin. Roman Reigns grabs Braun, and Rollins dumps both uh, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman out. We get a DDT by Orton. He talks shit to Brock, who was on the outside watching the match. He poses. He sets up for an RKO. Seth Rollins cuts him off. He hits the blackout. And Seth Rollins dumps Randy Orton over the top to win the Battle Royal. And he is the number one contender for the Universal title. Seth cut a promo talking about, you know, he's coming for uh, Brock at SummerSlam. He's going to get his title back and, you know, the usual. And that was how your Monday Night Raw ended. And look at the power now of Big E! Incredible with a big ending! Big E delivering it to Strowman! RKO! Orton believes that's all he'll need to take out the beast. And now Sami Zayn eliminating Big E. Uh-oh. I would warn Sammy, but let's be honest, this is going to be kind of fun. He's up on that celebration, Sammy. The Viper strikes with an RKO. And now Rey Mysterio has Sammy in position for a 619. All the way across the town. See ya. The herd beginning to thin. And now Roman Reigns turns. Oh, and an RKO to Reigns. And now Randy Orton poised, looking to strike. The Vipers coiled. Oh, oh so oh. is Rollins. Stop by Seth. Can Seth hoist Randy over the top rope? It's the last step. Can Seth do it? He does. Rollins is going to SummerSlam. Rollins has a chance at redemption. Here is your winner, Seth Rollins. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner of the Battle Royal, the new number one contender, and the man who now gets to go to SummerSlam to be beaten, victimized, and conquered, Seth. Freaking Rollins! 
people for once in your life shut the hell up I told you I am a man possessed I would fight anyone until I got to fight you and beat you and I promise you SummerSlam will look a lot like Wrestlemania when I stomp your head into this mat stand over you as the reigning defending undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins makes the vow tonight right now. middle of the road Monday Night Raw not, yeah. not too good yeah. not too bad you know, night after a pay-per-view. The Bray Wyatt thing, shocking. Yes, and, yes, very. And, I was n- not prepared for him to debut yet yeah. at all. And, uh, Archie, Which is so interesting because I remember thinking, like, when is he going to debut? But, like, mm-hmm. I, for- I forgot. Bro, they had the other week, I was just thinking to myself, like, where the hell has the Firefly Funhouse been? Like, okay. you know, it's just kind of like once they announced Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman were taking over, all them shits just stopped. Yeah, because they don't even show the puppets in the background anymore, do they? Nope. Like, have them lurking around? Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. So, this was the first official Paul Heyman full influenced, quote unquote, edition of Monday Night Raw. It was, like I said, middle of the road, some ups, some downs, but. We'll see as it goes forward what he can bring and how much control he ultimately gets over the segments and the direction. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Didi Jonay, now mm-hmm. it's time to talk about SmackDown Matters. It does, it does, it does. Um, Shane has security ready to deal with Kevin. He confronts him backstage. Shane reminds Kevin that he is the boss. It will not allow Owens in the building and gives him the night off. I wish my boss would do the same for me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he gives his introduction and says that Kevin is has the night off and is banned from the building. He's doing this in the middle of the ring. He says he will hear out the roster tonight at a basic, a, like a town hall for the, for the wrestlers. Because, you know, Kevin has said everybody hates you, essentially. So, he is basically saying, now is the time to air your grievances. Call this Festivus, you know? Um, Roman starts off first. He says, Shane doesn't get it because no one respects Shane. He then tells him to kiss his black ass. Or maybe he didn't say black. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> then he says, Shane says that wasn't respectful and says he's going to find Roman for said disrespect. Um, Charlotte is next and says she can't believe what Rain said. And thanks, Shane. She's sick of Owens. She's sick that Owens took advantage of him. And Liv calls her fake. If you notice, there are two microphones on the stage. If you notice, there's like a heel microphone and a face microphone. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's a coincidence. Nothing's a coincidence. You know, we go on. Liv calls her fake and asks her if anything is real about her, which is like, mm, not so much. Charlotte questions if she works here. Which rude and Shane so rude. Off. Um, before that she also is like oh so what a blue tongue is real girl so you know you know g- good regular 
real people fight. So that's something a real person will say. Oh, is a blue tongue real bitch mind your life? Anyway. So Shane asked Buddy Murphy to speak since Shane since Buddy Murphy is somebody that Kevin also name dropped. Buddy says he can fight his own battles, don't need Owens. And so Shane is like, Oh, I like him. Um, he also says he will slap the taste out of his mouth or some shit like that. Just talking mad shit, as you do when you finally get the mic on a big stage. Apollo's on the face mic. He says that everyone agrees with Kevin, but Zelina Vega interrupts and says he's kissing ass. She tells him to prove it against Andrade tonight. And, you know, if you'll notice, Andrade is right, like right up on his girlfriend, Charlotte. Can we don't talk about that because that's not K-Fake. Yeah. Did you see the, uh, <laughs> the post that they posted on a Sunday? No, what did he say? Well, it was just like Tranquilo, and it's just a picture of them in like the hot tub. Oh. Listen, you better act up. Okay. Summer, huh? anyway, clearly. Listen, get your life. I'm not mad. Elias arrives and gets cut off by Big E, who calls him a jackass. Hey, don't fight, face. Kofi says he doesn't like Owens, but admits he has good points. No points were made. Kofi says the people need opportunities, but Shane cuts his mic. So Shane's like, yeah, that went great, and he ends the meeting. (laughs) Cesaro arrives and says he's there to challenge, because Cesaro's not on SmackDown. He's a wild card, you know. So he says he's there to challenge Aleister Black to a rematch. Shane is like, sure. Kevin Owens arrives out of nowhere. Uh, They botch a stunner. But then they do another stunning. And Kevin stands tall as he mockingly dances over Shane's corpse with his little little shuffle shuffle step. How you botch the damn <laughs> What's wrong with you? Ain't all you gotta do is turn around and bend over like how you botch it. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't like one of those like Oh, you know what I'm saying? They just got their feet tangled up. It was clearly Shane's fault. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. And it's like, you out here jumping from top rows on a goddamn coast to coast, and you can't just get stunned? Like, <laughs> nope. Like, I thought it was simple. <laughs> I Like, am I missing the mechanics of it? Like, ah, whatever. I am disappointed in you, Shane. Shameless. However you say your first name. Uh... <laughs> Up next is Alistair Black versus Zaro. Our Swiss Superman hits uppercuts in a big boot for a two count. Then the crossface follows, but Alistair escapes. Cesaro gets posted. There's a knee strike and a black match, and Alistair Black gets the win. Beautiful match, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, the foreigners. You gotta love them. Uh, <laughs> Ziggles wants to face Kevin Owens in the main event tonight. Shane says, sure. It's not like he has any ideas. Uh, oh, Charlotte had a match with Liv Morgan. Charlotte counters the Rana. I don't know how I missed that. Charlotte counters the Rana with a powerbomb, and the figure eight finishes it. Liv promises when she comes back, she'll be real. Man, they had a real chance mm-hmm. to, 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 to make a star right there. Yeah, they, they really let did. Liv Morgan get the win. And, and 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 you know, let her get an interview and talk about how, you know, she's been off of Smack. She, it's her first match ever on SmackDown after being a part of the SmackDown roster since the Superstar Shakeup. And she beat Charlotte. And, you know, she's rejuvenated and blah, 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 blah. It could have been the start of something. Yeah. But, you know, already got one blonde. Who needs another? 
Yeah. Dolph calls Kevin Owens for whatever reason. I don't know what. He's trying to get him back in the building because he's supposed to be like off the building, off the premises. So Dolph is like, let me get his number and call and supposedly called him on the phone and told him to come back. To get him to come back. They're not Uh friends. Why would he come back just because he said so? To be in the match. Oh, I'm sorry, logic. Um, anyway, okay. <laughs> versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. The goal being Amber needs to find a partner. Giggle, giggle. Bitch ain't got no friends. So who is going to like work with Ember? Oh, it's Bailey. Boom! You ready? Yay! The girls are shook, rightfully so. Now let's let's give props to two people hmm. that you pointed out. I'm going to give this to you. Yes. Bailey and Liv Morgan. They always yes. there for the black girls. Yes, they are. And yes, they are. On the Twitters and in the uh in the backups when needed here in the wrestling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. big shout out to Bailey and Liv Morgan. Mm-hmm. Friends of the Negro Coalition. Actual mm-hmm. allies in action and indeed. Yes, yes. Uh Mandy grounds the action, but Bailey battles back in tags and ember. Ember hits a dropkick, knee strikes, and then it's a gurry. The clothesline connects. There's a Bailey to belly on Sonya, and the Eclipse on Mandy Rose finishes it. It was beautiful. Bailey is getting the in-match, um, I'm sorry, in-ring after-match interview. And she says she wants to elevate the division and says that she wants to phase Ember Moon next. We're cutting out a lot of the, like, anticipatory... And I think, and I know, and blah, 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 and she, you know, all that really dramatical shit. But yeah. Ends up with Moon saying, hell yeah, or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Some I'm the token black friend shit she said, I don't remember. Um, next, Nakamura, my favorite person, is backstage and says that he's free to rain down chaos on SmackDown. Ali appears and congratulates him, basically hinting at a future match at some point. I just want them to bring Nakamura's music back to the original. Like, I'm gonna sing along anyway. You can't stop me. So <laughs> let's just cut the shenanigans. <laughs> yeah? I, yeah. I, it's just so good. It's just... It is good. Anyway. It's damn good. And I was like, he's not good. I don't want you cheering along. I don't care what you want. I'm gonna hit the O's. Uh, <laughs> Oh, try it again. Oh, 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 the young ones won't know yeah. what the fuck that means. <laughs> no clue what it means. <laughs> it's like over your head. Like, ugh, poor babies. But I <laughs> I did too. Kofi praises the new tag team champions and they dance. They found the gold at the end of the rainbow. You see it. Big E mocks Daniel Bryan's upcoming announcement and accepts the rematch for the tag titles. Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan arrive and then they leave. Then they come back and then they leave. Another back. And Brian drops the mic, and they leave. I uh, get it. I didn't need it. Okay, so 
here's what happens. The best interviews are always the WWE.com interviews after any particular show. Sure. So after the pay-per-view, they interview Daniel Bryan and he goes like psycho in the locker room. Like, I can't believe we lost. I can't believe we lost. He's like, you know, I got to do something drastic. And so he was supposed to have some type of statement that he teased in that promo that was supposed to be on SmackDown. And that's the reason why he came out with the mic, like he was going to say something, but never did. Oh, sure. Anyway, Paul uh, Joseph arrives and says he's in the mood for a championship opportunity. I don't think that that's how that works. He wants a rematch with Kofi tonight. Elias arrives and says Joseph had his chance. And claims he's ready for a WWE title match. First of all, I love Elias dearly. There are not many people I enjoy aesthetically more than I do young Randy Savage, a.k.a. Elias. However, (laughs) Elias' winning record doesn't indicate him to be ready for anybody's title (laughs) match. At all. Nobody's nothing. At all. You know, like, you can feel it in your Shondo, but the the stats don't lie, baby. Like, you know. Mm. Is it a guitar match? Because maybe, but mm. like one on third one. place. I love Elias. You heard me. <laughs> do you really? You know, I, I love Elias. All he wants to do is play his guitar and wear his cars. and his man <laughs> Y'all got him out here really trying to act like he want to wrestle. He want to wrestle. <laughs> Yeah, they really are. They really are throwing some uh, salt in his game because, like, he's wrestling far more than he usually does. And don't nobody want that. Not even That's him. It. Like, I know. Trust me. I know what a last one. I didn't even know he had a theme song until I think when he came out. I was like, oh, he has an actual song when he comes out. All I knew was didn't the even know. strings. I didn't know there was anything after that. And I there were like notes after it. Oh, it's no, interesting. No, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, this is wrong with the WWE. They keep giving you shit that nobody asks for. I don't want that. Just like I don't want Brock Lesnar. I don't want Elias's whole fucking theme song. Fuck. What's wrong with you people? Focus. <laughs> anyway, Randy Orton arrives. And then he says he wants a shot. Elias says that they can take on the New Day tonight. New Day accepts and Orton is like, fuck y'all. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I don't really see it for Randy Orton, but that energy, like, that's not what I came mm-hmm. for. No. I'm no fucking three on three match for nobody's title. Get out of my fucking face. Fair. <laughs> Kofi mocks him and says he's gone a little limp. Oh. Aww. Aww. Penis Aww. joke. It's just like, where have I heard that before? <laughs> it was me even then. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> Why are childish ass penis jokes so funny? Like, oh. I don't. They're great. They're great. Sometimes you don't have to aim at. It's right there for you. So yeah, long story <laughs> not so long. Three on three match. Kofi hits the high cross for two as it breaks down. Joe gets dumped. Woods follows with a tope con. Hello. <laughs> Joe fights back and Joe slams Woods on the floor as Elias takes out Biggie. There's a trouble in paradise all the lives because of course there is. But then there's an RKO on Kofi, and that's that. So Team Heel wins. Um Carmelo's oh, backstage. Whoa, 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 whoa. Looking, what? Don't, don't go past what? this. What? They're setting it up. What? 
Kofi versus Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I know. Definitely could definitely could have hot past that. That's I awful. know, I know, but this is what I wanted. This is the match that's gonna solidify Kofi as the, a great WWE champion because he's gonna get revenge for Randy Orton all those mm-hmm. years ago. Trying, yeah. Trying to play him and not giving him the title shot. Now, if they do this right, this could be such a good build. They got all that backstory. Somebody needs to be making a video right now, playing up on all that backstory. The promos mm-hmm. could be good. I mean, this could, I don't know about the match, but everything <laughs> to the match <laughs> could right. be fire if they do this the right way. Mm, well, good luck, Chuck. Carmella says <laughs> this for truth backstage. <laughs> And he is hiding in a washing machine. He gets stuck and Carmella frees him and then proposes he wear a costume to hide at Comic-Con. True says not to call him a con because he did this thing. Why is he like my favorite person on earth right now? Like, he, is, <laughs> he is doing so great with this. I love like, it. I mean, yeah. It's... Like, I don't know if it's him or the writers or it's the collaboration, but his mind and it's like I can easily see him saying, "I did my time. Don't call me no damn con." Like he, he has timing. Is, he has he has comedic is, timing. Yes, he that does. Like, uh. And he's like true to his character. He knows his character. He is his. Oh. Mm-hmm. Give that man all the awards. Anyway, he is like selling con. it. He's doing. He did what he had to do. Yes, the double <laughs> iconics are facing the Kabuki. This name, it just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's like, <laughs> terrible. It's—it's—it's it's, it's not racist, but it's the closest thing you can get to. It's—it's uh, it's, it's right? like it's a yes. Yeah. It's like around the corner for Ex- it's, exactly. It's, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a stereotype. Yeah, it's like I know you don't mean no harm, but really, Kabuki warriors. <sighs> Might as well call them fucking Kabuki brushes. What the fuck? Like no. Right. Right. Like. Ugh. like What's the name? Don't even keep a mask. The Oscar does, but the other one doesn't. She is a pirate. That's right. Oh she is a pirate. She a goddamn pirate. Why can't they give me the Kabuki pirates if we're going to do all that? Like, <sighs> Sisms. Anyway. <laughs> Chance cut off Oscar. They cover her for Sue. Oscar kicks the shit out of them. K powders, does that mean she leaves? Yes. She's a scared ass bitch. Yeah, I thought that's what it meant. Yeah. And the champions, you know, make a make a decision, make a choice to take the count out, lose the match, but retain the title. Now Post- we love some mm-hmm. good heel tactics, and that my girl Peyton Royce thinking on her feet was like, No, Billy, don't get back in. Because the count yeah. was at like eight or seven. She was like, No, yeah. Billy, don't get back in. Yeah. And my thing it. is if you can't win, you can't win. Keep your yeah. title by any means necessary. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to just lose your title. You're supposed to do what you got to do. to keep. Right. So I'm not mad. No, I'm not mad. There's going to be some so, bullshit, but I'm yeah, not mad about it. So I don't want them winning it on a random ass night now. Like, you, they deserve to win it on a pay-per-view because Oscar's that girl. The fuck? Yeah, she needs, she needs a good win. Like Give my baby her time. Like... Still hate that they broke up her and Naomi just to bring up Kari Singh. And it's like, Kari could have yeah. stayed down. 
Kari could have stayed down. Her and Naomi could have been bad bitcheries together. Mm-hmm. But then again, they kind of did give up on the tag team division as a whole, which is its own set of problems that I shan't go into because it's getting late. Next, Andrade right. versus Apollo Cruz. Andrade and the double knees in the corner connect, gets a one, but Cruz counters into a cradle, shrugs Zelina, Andrade, and Charlotte more than likely, and gets the win. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yes. So for your final match of the night, it's Kevin Owens versus Dolph of the Ziggles. Uh, Shane Drew and various Mick Carters arrive. This allows for ooh, a distraction. <gasps> what a blessing! Take a shot. A S M R. Yes. Distraction and a zigzag for two. Ziggles post Kevin, slaps him around, and follows with some strikes. Ziggles posts him again and sets up for a super kick. Kevin counters into a center for two as Shane breaks it up. There's a center to Shane and it looked a little bit better this time. And mm. Kevin runs away from the joggers. So this is what had happened. Shane broke it up by pulling Kevin's leg to break up the um the count. So when he pulled Kevin out of the ring, Kevin just immediately stunned him and then got booked his ass up the um, ramp, which is what the fuck you're supposed to do. So that's why the jobbers chase him. So then, after all the jobbers run away, Shane promises to make Owens pay for this. And that is how your SmackDown ended for the night. Kevin Owens is trying to do this in short time, going up to the top turnbuckle. Oh, and for the same time, Dolph got his knees up. Kevin Owens, incredibly emotional lately. Oh, famous, sir. That might be it. Ziggler scrambles under the cover, and they kick out by Owens. What a way for Dolph to get his career back on track and to pick up a big victory tonight over Kevin Owens, representing Shane McMahon, and make everything right. Oh, shot to the heart. Now Ziggler cover, pressing the shoulders to the canvas kick out. Especially after Dolph lost to Kevin Owens at Extreme Rules in, what, 17 seconds? Oh, Another shot to the heart. Cover kick out. All the more reason and motivation that Dolph Ziggler wants to pick up a victory and teach Kevin Owens a lesson tonight. It's not going to be easy. Kevin Owens, regardless of his insane actions lately, Kevin Owens is a world-class athlete and a great competitor. But Dolph Ziggler wants to make a name for himself, remind the WWE Universe who Dolph Ziggler is. And now Ziggler, look at this, doing a great job, has manipulated his way into this crossface here against Kevin Owens. Remember, this matchup was the idea. Oh! Dolph Ziggler, he pitched it to Shane McMahon as a way to get Kevin Owens back to the building tonight. Yeah, I don't know what's more shocking, the fact that Kevin Owens is in the match or that Shane McMahon actually allowed it to happen. Shane McMahon with plenty of WWE superstars in tow. Yeah, I knew there had to be a reason Shane McMahon allowed this match to happen. Drew McIntyre and Elias, I see the B team. It doesn't seem like all these superstars disagree with Shane McMahon. AOP, Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura, Andrade. To me, like we've got some appreciative superstars who know where their bread is buttered and appreciate the opportunity Shane provides. Kevin Owens got himself into this situation. There's no question about it. Zigzag from behind, off the distraction. It could work out for Ziggler, no kick out by Owens. Dolph Ziggler, all the confidence in the world now. You got, why wouldn't you? You got the cavalry surrounding the ring. Absolutely. Oh, and for the super kick, Kevin Owens. Oh, he got it. No, 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 no. Cover. 
Not like this. What? Oh. Like Shane McMahon passed Kevin Owens out of the ring. Oh, stunner! Again. A second stunner to Shane, and Kevin Owens is hightailing it out of here. Smartest thing Kevin's done all night. The only thing he's good at running is his mouth. They're going to get farther, they're going to get him, and he's going to pay. How humiliating. Excuse me, Shane. Things obviously did not go as all as you had planned tonight, being stunned not once, but twice by Kevin Owens. Seriously? He's going to pay. Kevin Owens, you're going to pay. You are going to pay, my friend. You're going to pay bad. Excuse me. I enjoyed SmackDown. I thought it was great. (laughs) Of course you did. That's what we do. (laughs) The, uh... The, the the new day celebrating that was a highlight. Mm-hmm. Them setting up Kofi and Randy Orton. Yep, they've been mm-hmm. listening. They've been listening to the podcast. They they heard me. <laughs> and I'm always here for Hill Tactic Supreme and the Iconics. <laughs> they definitely pull one. I love those two. Yeah, you do. They're not doing shit for the tag team belts. You're right. No, they're not. But at all. But, but just them two as what they represent and who they are, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. It was. It was mostly on the strength of Peyton Royce, but Billy Kay in the last few months is actually starting to grow on me. Well, that's good. Nobody wants to be the unwanted one in a duo. <laughs> oh, and you know. <laughs> You know, I, again, I didn't really know them in XT days, so I always thought Billy, so Billy Kay's on the dark hair, right? right. Mm-hmm. I find her a lot funnier than the other girl. I don't know why. Maybe it's, Peyton's just I don't know. One. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But no, I, I definitely like, I like their comedic shtick with everything. You want to know I don't know anything. Oh, yes. Why? Anyway, because Billy who's bigger. So when Billy was around white mm. people, they considered her the fat one. So she had to work oh. on her personality. Oh. She didn't just depend on being cute. Oh. Uh. You know, that makes B- me sad. Billy's not big, right? But Billy's Caucasian. So Billy is big. Get it? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is a white girl thick, but yeah. like normal small. No, I get yeah. it. Absolutely get it. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely get it. So she had to work on her personality. So things just mm. flow a little bit better for her. Interesting. Interesting. Makes a lot of sense. Thank you for enlightening me. Of course. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> I'm going to enlighten everyone on NXT. This week's show starts out with Matt Riddle. He's growing his way down to the ring. He's going to face Arturo Ruiz. Ruiz hits a double leg takedown, but Riddle escapes with an up kick. The final flash from Riddle connects, and then he jumps on top, and then he does some ground and pound, and the referee stops the match, and Matt Riddle wins by TKO. After the match, Mr. Nikki Cross, I mean Killian Dane, returns and attacks, beating down Matt Riddle. He posts Riddle and follows with Lariat on the floor. Killian Dane hits a senton on the floor. And then it's a senton on Matt Riddle, and they go through the stage. This was very Bam Bam Bigelow esque, 
in ECW when he uh, had Taz on his back and he did the atomic drop backwards and the uh, they both went through the stage where Riddle was laying on the stage and then Killian Dane runs and does the senton and they go through the stage. So, yep, I'm ready to see Killian Dane and Matt Riddle. That was a really strong angle. The Street Profits, they cut a promo on the Undisputed Era and the constant disrespect from them. Street Profits says that they are the dudes around here, around NXT, because they are the champions. They tell the Undisputed Era to step up to them and they will get the smoke. Mia Yim, Didi, you would have loved this. Mm-hmm. This was this was this was you, and you didn't even. I know you didn't see it. They show a video from last week, like last Sunday or something, where Mia Yim is just beating the hell out of Marina Shafir in the parking lot in her car. Like Marina Shafir is getting out of her car, and Mia Yim just runs up, opens the door, and just starts beating the brakes off her ass. Oh wow! <laughs> it's like oh, shit. old school. Yeah, it's like, oh shit, me and you beating up chicks in the parking lot. I like it. So that was a a good little like 30 second little video. That was pretty cool. We have our NXT breakout tournament match. Dexter Loomis, a.k.a. Sam Shaw, faces off against Bronson Reed, a.k.a. Jonah Rock. Loomis heads up top. He misses the swanton. Reed hits a body slam. He drops the straps. He heads up top. He gets a big splash. And Bronson Reed gets the win. The Sam Shaw or Dexter Loomis guy, he looks very intimidating. He's got an awesome look. And then the Jonah uh, Reed, Jonah Rock, Bronson Reed, he's just a big Australian guy who can uh, do some pretty impressive moves, high flying and stuff. So I thought it was a good contrast of styles. Still doesn't live up to the very first match between Hector Garza and DJZ, but. I think a lot of matches are going to be hard-pressed to try to top that one. Tyler Breeze is interviewed about his loss to Roderick Strong, and the Forgotten Sons arrive to harass him. Breeze says that he's seen it all, and he blows them off. Actually, it starts with uh, Tyler Breeze talking about how everybody's got friends, and he doesn't really have any friends. He's got to find some friends. And then the Forgotten Sons roll up, and he's like, hey, it's been a while. Because it's uh, Buddy Murphy and Steve Cutler, and they've been in NXT the same time mm-hmm. that uh, Tyler Breeze has. And, and then he's like, but mm-hmm. I don't know this guy. And then that's when they, you know, get in his face with him. Kushida, he gets to face off against the returning Apollo Crews. This is really cool. Apollo Crews got a really big uh, pop, really great standing intro- uh, ovation. People were very happy to see him. He felt like a big star coming back to NXT. Cruz counters the springboard Hurricane Rana into a sunset flip for a two count and integrated by Cruz. He heads up top and Kushida follows. They battle up top and Kushida hits this flying armbar off of the top rope and he transitioned into the hoverboard lock and Kushida gets the win. The move into the flying armbar was fantastic. It looked like Apollo Cruz was going for like a Spanish fly or maybe like a, a superplex and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. Kushida like grabs his arm does some type of like spin off the ropes and they come off and he's like in the arm bar that's very impressive nice Kathy Kelly spoke with Keith Lee about his tenure in NXT Keith Lee thinks about progress after a year he's had a lot of stops and starts and now he wants an opportunity 
He says guys have been given chances that he hasn't, like in the breakout tournament, which he isn't a part of. Keith Lee talks about Damian Priest being the name everyone is talking about, and maybe he needs to change the narrative next week when they face off. Main event time. Adam Cole, baby, is going to defend his NXT championship. Cole arrives and he says he's been on his championship tour, showing all of you morons what a real champion is, what true power is, and his boys have taken care of business, and it's an undisputed power switch happening in NXT. He says he will be a fighting champion, and he will fin- he will defend his title tonight against this guy. So they showed the video of Johnny Gargano meeting with the AIW Wrestling School uh, students and Twan Tucker holding the NXT title. Cole calls out Twan Tucker for a match. Twan arrives and Cole says that he's all alone tonight and Twan shouldn't worry. Twan says that's too bad because he didn't come alone. Uh And Johnny Gargano arrives. Gargano and Adam Cole brawl. Gargano super kicks him and Cole powders and Gargano follows and chases him into the crowd. Cole battles back and runs away, but Gargano chases him and continues to attack. Gargano beats him up and down the aisleways. The referees arrive to try to break it up. Gargano then dives off the stage and continues his attack. He beats Cole back into the ring. He super kicks him again. He locks on the Gargano escape as Adam Cole taps. Johnny uh, Gargano finally releases the hole. Adam Cole leaves the ring and Johnny Gargano is standing tall. To end this week's NXT. Really strong angle at the end. Setting up, I guess, the third match between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. I don't know what type of stipulation they're going to have for this particular match. But it should be fire, whatever they decide to do. Um, Adam Cole has been taking a lot of shots at Johnny Gargano for the past month. um, Mocking the kids at his wrestling school. Showing up at Johnny Gargano's uh, family's pizza shop and leaving his picture on the Johnny Gargano Wall of Fame. So, oh, shade. <laughs> yeah, so this this was a, a beat down that he's had coming for a few weeks and uh, mm. they finally paid it off. So nice, nice. pretty good episode of NXT. I suggest everybody take a chance, watch it. It was real fun. Uh, before I turn it over to the ladies for their shouts and thank yous, this is the G1 season, so currently we are in the middle of the G1. It's just really getting revved up. We just finished night five. Me and Enwar Starwin have a podcast out, a brand new Cast of Strong Style for nights two through four. But what I want to draw everybody's attention to is the match between Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay that took place during night five. It's a five-star classic, folks. Search the what we're watching hashtag or search the cast a strong style hashtag and you'll find the link to that match. Please, everybody, go watch it. You will not be disappointed. These two guys are amazing and they put on a hell of an effort. So definitely check that out. Check out the G1. And if you are checking it out, be sure to live tweet by using the hashtag cast of strong style. So at this point, we're going to turn it over to our guest, Miss Letitia Chanel, for her shout outs and thank yous. Um, I want to give a shout out to 919, you know, stay hydrated in this heat. Don't go crazy. 
Uh, uh, anyone else want to shout out? Um, I want to shout out my um, my wrestling homegirls here and my tribe, um, Chanel and Angela and May. These girls, um, we watch wrestling together all the time. We've even gone on a couple road trips to see some live shows. So that's my tribe. I want to give them a shout out. And uh, shout out to my grandma for keeping it real back in 83. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Latissa, for joining us on the WrestleCast. It's been a lot of fun having you be oh, I had a blast. on this episode this evening. Miss Didi Jone, shout out to mm-hmm. thank you. Um, shout out to you. Shout out to our wonderful guest. Oh, thanks, shout Phil. Out, of course. Shout out to my loud ass neighbors because something is popping off and I wish I Oh, I hear it. it. Yeah, but I can't hear what it is. Listen, I was standing at the door the other day with the open to see if I could like wait. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me my nosiness. I'm sorry. It got the best of me. Shout out to my little badass neighbor. Shout out to my coworker. She's in a, another grad program, and she had to interview me um, for her um, for her homework. And so we ended up talking for a few minutes about wrestling and all of that. So that was kind of funny to like be interviewed about it. So yeah, shout out. To, oh, and then shout out to Jade and Tati. Congrats on the new job, Boo Boo. And Jade, congrats on the new hair. We love the neon colors. Um, and yeah, that's it. I'd like to give a shout out to Miss Letitia for joining us again. Miss Didi Jones. Hey. Give a shout out to Sam and Greg. <laughs> give a shout out to Classic. Give a shout out to everybody who shows up for Cast a Strong Style, Rawcast, SmackDown Matters, NXT Cast, and all the other hashtags that we put up throughout the year. Thank you for your support. Please, please, please subscribe to the Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Check out the Dark Match. If you're looking for AEW coverage, it's on the Dark Match. Can't fit everything into the main show. So go over there to the Dark Match and you'll find a review for uh, Fight for the Fallen, their event that they had this past week. Unfortunately, I have not seen the Evolve show yet, but I did hear that Matt Riddle versus Drew Gulak was fantastic. And so I will be checking that out at some point in the next week or so, probably this weekend. And I'll get back to you next week on the Evolve show. So in that case, for my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet, and our special guest, Miss Letitia Chanel, I'm Don DeLaRente. This has been episode 246 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. <laughs> Six times. One, two, three, four, feel six. That's six times, Kayla. Kayla. Six. It's so good. It's so beautiful. It's so good. Yeah, you want to ask him, but I was... You guys have been been trying to get this six time for a while. Right, right. Six six time what? The six time what? W-W-E World Tag Team. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Kayla, we have never forgotten the roots. We have never forgotten being booed out of the building. Booed out of the building. They hated us. 
They hated us. But then that train started rolling. It started chugging along. And people said, oh, wait, wait, I want to get on. Conductor said, we ain't got no more tickets. No tickets. We but sold out. We gave them tickets anyway because we're all inclusive. And we fixed top champs, baby. That's right. Kayla, there's no coasting with us. Kayla, we could have sat back on our laurels. The fact that we've been together for five years, we could have sat back and coasted and said, yeah, we're good. But every night we go out there with a chip on our shoulders to prove that we are the very best, whether we're five years deep, whether we're ten years deep. Every night we show up with that hunger and people get all lost in the bootios and the unicorns and all the nonsense. But we're here to prove on a nightly basis that we can go in that ring. We've earned these six championship reigns, 483 days. We bled together. We cried together. This man cried at WrestleMania. I did. I did. In his eyes, it's water, real. Water it's coming real. down. Just because we've had the WrestleManias coming out of the giant bootios box, we have never settled and we will not settle. I don't care. Like I said, if we're here another 10 years, every night we will prove that we belong at the top. Every single time, Kayla. We leave it all out there. Why? Because we want these. Because these belong to us. Because we want to make sure that this tag team division is the greatest tag team division on the planet. And like he said, we go out there and we prove it every single night. And please believe that your boy's the New Day! We'll hold these championships high above our head with pride. And we know now we got a target on our back because, uh, let's be for real, we always got one on our back, but now it's a little bit bigger. So every single tag team out there, we don't care if you're on SmackDown Live. We don't care if you're on Monday Night Raw. We don't care if you're on NXT. We don't care if you're in Evolve. We don't care if you're in the UK, Japan, Australia, Mexico, New Zealand. Come through and try to take these from us. You can pry them from our warm fingers because we ain't dying no time soon. No time soon, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and can we remark on the fact that the prophecy is finally fulfilled? All three of us draped in gold. Let them know. All three of us. They said we were nothing. They yelled, New Day sucks. They wanted us out of the building. In fact, it was here in Philly. Here in Philly, 2014. We didn't forget. We will never forget. All three of us, Kofi at the very top, being WWE champion while we hold down these tag team titles. It's real, and it'll continue to be real. Bring your very best from around the globe because we ready. Let's go, Kayla! Let's go! Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Congratulations. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down, almost at 2 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book me on Cameo for shout-outs. Don't cut that out, though.